In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like to speak with you today about the difference between the Old Testament ministry or servants in the Old Testament and the servants in the New Testament. Not the servants themselves, but the type of ministry, the type of message that they were delivering versus the message we are delivering. And this is based on 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And why is this important? Because at least two things. Number one, we will understand the honor that we have to be servants in the New Testament, servant of the New Covenant. And number two, the type of message in itself is motivating us. Yeah, just quickly, if I ask you to go and say to somebody, now you are under arrest and you will be executed, you are under death penalty, and send another person to person under death penalty, you are now released. All the charges against you are dismissed and are dropped. Which one will be motivated to deliver the message? The second one, definitely. This is exactly what St. Paul said here. The difference between Old Testament ministry and New Testament ministry. Servants in the Old Covenant and servants in the New Covenant. We'll start from verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He starts because people were casting doubts on the ministry of St. Paul. So he asked them, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Do I need to commend myself to you, to tell you about my ministry, to believe that I am a true apostle? People were doubting the ministry of St. Paul for two reasons, mainly two reasons. First reason, and he did not see our Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh, like the 12 apostles or like the 70. He did not see him. That's why he said he's not an apostle. That's why St. Luke mentions the appearance on the road to Damascus in the book of Acts how many times? Three times. And St. Paul also confirmed that God appeared to him several times, but one very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The second reason why people casting doubt on the ministry of St. Paul, because he was against the Judaizers. Judaizers who are saying, unless you keep the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And here the law of Moses not the like Ten Commandments, no, but the symbolic like circumcision, purification, sacrifices, all these were symbolic and were fulfilled in the New Covenant. For these two reasons, people were persecuting St. Paul, attacking him, not considering him an apostle. So St. Paul said, do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you, do I need to bring like letter of recommendation, accept St. Paul as an apostle or commendation from you? So he said, 
if anyone actually should write a letter of recommendation, it should not be to you, but it should be from you. Because I serve it you, and you are the best people to testify for my ministry. Like, who are the best people to testify for Abuna's ministry? You. Because you know how he served you with honesty, with faithfulness, with wisdom. For St. Paul, and I don't need actually letter of commendation to you. Actually, it should be letter of commendation from you. Why? Because you are our epistle. My ministry, for example, they say, these are the children of Abu Nabshoi Kamil. What does it mean? These are the children of Abu Nabshoi Kamil. They are his ministry. When I look at the people whom raised spiritually by Abu Nabshoi Kamil, I can speak about the ministry of Abu Nabshoi Kamil. Just from looking at the people. Even if I never met Abu Nabshoi Kamil. But reading how his children are acting, are behaving, are conducting themselves. The teaching of Abu Nabshoi Kamil can be read, read in the life of his disciples. That's exactly what he said. You are our epistle, written in our heart, known and read by all men. All men knew it when they read you, when they see your conduct, when you see your goodness, your godliness. They know the ministry of St. Paul. But also, you are written in my heart. Because you are my children. You are our epistle, written in our heart. And before, Abu Nafshay Kamil, before teaching the people or raising up the people, you know, these principles are written in his heart. Written in, in our heart, but read and known by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ. Okay. Who is Abu Nabshoi Kamil? And who is uh, uh, St. Paul? They are servants of Christ. So they are not making disciples, although we say they don't let Abu Nabshoi Kamil, but they are not making a new religion or a new faith. It is the message of Christ. So in reality, they are the epistle of Christ. Masalan, if I want to understand the virtue of prayer, I can look at St. Arsenius, the virtue of giving. I can look at St. Abraham of Al-Fayyum, and so on. A prayer, I can look at Pope Krellus. We are the epistle of Christ. People can read in us the commandments of Christ by looking at our behavior, our conduct. They, without reading the scripture, they can read the commandments. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us. So we are just ministers, servants. Whether I'm St. Paul, Apollos, Peter, Abu Nabshoi Kamil, Baba Krellos, anybody, just ministered by us. Written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. So who is writing this teaching in your heart? It is the Holy Spirit. So it's written not by ink, but by the Holy Spirit. Not on tablets of stone. Why in the Old Testament, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on two tablets of stone? Why he did not give them? Yani, Egypt at the time were known 
very normal with the papyrus. Why he did not write the Ten Commandments on two papyrus people? Why? Do you know why? Because the tablet of stone symbolizes the heart of men. Their heart were like stone. That's why in Ezekiel, about the new covenant, God said, I will remove the heart of stone and I give you heart of flesh. That's why he said here, not on tablet of stone, but on tablet of flesh, that's of your heart. The heart before was like stone in the old covenant, but by the grace of the Holy Spirit, the heart became heart of flesh. The heart of stone became heart of flesh. What does it mean? In order to explain it more, if there is a piece of stone here, and you know the word of God is like what? Like a sword, sharper than two-edged sword. So if you have a sword and you shoot it at a piece of stone, what will happen to the sword? It will be broken. If you have a piece of flesh here, and then you shoot the, the sword, what will happen? It will pierce the flesh. In the Old Covenant, people listened to the Word of God and they broke the commandment of God. But in the New Testament, because of the grace of the Holy Spirit, we, we read a lot in the book of Acts, when they heard the Word of God, they were pierced into their heart. And through this piercing, they changed it and they transformed it. That's why St. Paul told them, you are our epistle, you are the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, who are just tools in the hand of God. But who is writing? It is the Holy Spirit. Not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on two tablets of stone, because God in the new covenant removed the heart of stone and gave you heart of flesh. So not on tablet of stone, but on tablet of flesh. That's your heart. And we have such a trust through Christ toward God. Usually St. Paul, when he uses the word God, he refers to God the Father. When he uses the word Lord, he refers to God the Son. Most of the time. Most of the time. How now we have access before God the Father? It's through Christ. You know, in our prayer, we pray to God the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. I cannot stand before God the Father except in the Son. Because in the Son I'll be righteous. In the Son I can stand before God the Father. And who actually unites me with the Son? The Holy Spirit. I want you to understand this in our relationship with the Trinity. We have trust, access, appearance before the Father through the Son by the work of the Holy Spirit. And the opposite is true. Every gift comes to us from the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. The gift of sonship, for example. We received from God the Father. God called us to be His children. How? Through the Son when we are united to His Son, Jesus Christ. But who unites me? The Holy Spirit. So the gifts from the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, we have such a trust through Christ, 
toward God the Father. Not that we are sufficient, now he's speaking as servant, ministers. We are not sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. As a servant, my sufficiency is not from me. It's not my abilities, it's not my talent. Actually, people who rely on their abilities and talent, they fail terribly. But people who trust God and put their talents and their gifts at the hand of God to use me, they can be successful. So our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Even the talent I have, it, as I told you, every talent, every gift from God the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. But our sufficiency is from God. Our qualification is from God. Who also made us sufficient as minister of the new covenant. And here starting from verse 6, he will start compare by minister of the new covenant or minister versus minister in the old covenant. Who make us sufficient, qualified. I like this saying, God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Because our sufficiency from God, who made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, First, by a difference. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. And this verse is one of the most misinterpreted verses. When they say, not by the letter, but by the spirit. Because letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Usually people say, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't stick to the letter. No, no, the Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. They misunderstand this verse. This verse doesn't mean don't pay attention to the letter and just take the spirit of it. No, it doesn't mean this. He is comparing between old covenant and new covenant. Old covenant, the message just were letters on table of stone. But in the new covenant, the message are the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the word that I speak to you are spirit and life. This is big difference. In the Old Testament, there is a commandment, but the commandment does not give me the ability to do it. Because there was no grace in the Old Testament. There was enmity. God tells me, don't murder. But I don't have the power in order not to murder. That's why David killed, Solomon killed, Moses killed. In the New Covenant, when God tells me, don't murder, He gives me the ability and the power not to murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It was like a commandment, but there is no power with this commandment. That's why Samson committed adultery, Solomon committed adultery, David committed adultery. But in the new covenant, the word 
is anointed by the Spirit. So the Spirit actually gives me the power not to commit adultery. That is the meaning. In the Old Covenant, it's litter. In the New Covenant, it is the Spirit. If I violate the letter, I will be under death. But in the New Testament, because the Spirit gives me the power to fulfill it, then the commandment gives me life. So the message in the Old Testament, it was a ministry of death. I am saying to the people, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But they don't have the power. They don't have the power to, to keep the commandment and they will break the commandment, then they are under the sentence of death. But in the new covenant, don't do this and don't do this, but you have the power, then you are the, the ministry of life. But the first difference, ministry of, of letter versus ministry of spirit. Number two, ministry of death versus ministry of life. That's why in verse seven he said, but if the ministry of death which ministry of death? The old covenant. Because God gave list of commandment. Nobody will be able to keep them. All of them will be under sentence of death. That's why all the fathers from Adam until the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, when they died, where did they go? Hades. But after the crucifixion, when we die, we go to where? To the paradise. So it's ministry of death versus ministry of life. If the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was so glorious, so God gave the ministry of this glory because it's a symbol or leads to the ministry of life. Do you remember when Moses descended from the mountain? His face was shining. And the people were not able to look at his face. That's why he used to have a veil to cover his face. So it was glory. So that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. This glory is passing away. It's like a candle. It will pass away, it will quench. Peter, in his letter, he said, the ministry in the Old Covenant, it's like a lamp, till the morning star will shine. So it's just a lamp, but it was glorious. So the first difference, letter versus spirit. Second, ministry of death, ministry of life. Third one, passing glory. Yes, it was glory, but this glory is passing away glory. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? The ministry of the Spirit, our ministry, is exceedingly glorified. That's the third difference between the ministry of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And again, he called it that's the first difference. Ministry of condemnation. Because people, when they break the commandment of God, they are condemned. So it's ministry of condemnation. The prophets, their message, you are condemned. 
and you are under sentence of death. That's why Jeremiah said, God, I am an awalad, I am young boy. I don't want to go to say to the, to say to the people, you are condemned. Ezekiel, in the same way, several times, he, he was not able to go and, and say the prophecy. Moses said to God, no, send somebody else. Send Aaron, not me. But in the new covenant, people are motivated because we are delivering message of life, message of justification, message of righteousness. If the minister of condemnation had glory, the minister of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. It's a ministry to say to the people, now you are righteous, now you are justified, you are not condemned anymore. Minister of letter versus ministry of spirit. Ministry of death versus ministry of life. Passing away glory, exceeding glory. Ministry of condemnation, ministry of righteousness. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. What does this mean? What was made glorious, the ministry of the Old Covenant, that was made glorious, actually had no glory in this respect. Which respect? Because of the glory that exceeds. If you compare this glory with the glory of the New Covenant, then there is no glory. Like candle, put the candle in the light of the sun. No glory, no light. Even what was made glorious, the old covenant ministry had no glory like the candle had no light in this respect when we put it in the light of the sun because of the glory that excels for if what is passing away was glorious so the old covenant ministry is passing away what remains is much more glorious so that's number five this ministry is passing away the priesthood of Old Testament is gone. So this ministry is passing away. But the ministry of the New Covenant is eternal. So we are sufficient. God made us sufficient to be ministers of the New Covenant. See what honor we received, although we were not worthy of it. And how much motivated we should go and serve when we understand that our ministry is ministry of life, ministry of spirit, Ministry of Righteousness, Ministry of Exceeding Glory, Eternal Ministry. All this actually should motivate us in order to proclaim the word. That's why in verse 12 he made it very clear. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. What? Give me great boldness of speech. I understand my ministry. I understand my ministry is ministry of spirit, life, righteousness, exceeding glory and eternal ministry of eternal life that will never pass away. It endures forever. Sometimes we don't have this boldness of speech because we don't understand the glory of our ministry. If we understand it, we will be on fire, zealous in, in proclaiming the word of salvation. 
who are preaching the people you are not in captivity anymore you are not under sentence of death anymore now you are righteous you are justified you are saved receive this blessing from God receive this free gift from God that's our ministry number six unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing although it's a passing ministry faint glory ministry ولكن Moses used to cover his face but because their mind were blinded their mind were blinded so this veil in the old covenant to signify that their mind are blinded number six is a veiled ministry veiled but now it is unveiled ministry as St. Paul will explain but here until this day the same fear remains unlifted although Christ broke the veil tore down the veil and the veil is removed but because the veil in their mind so the veil on the Moses face actually it symbolizes the veil in the mind that's why even when this veil was lifted still the veil is there because it's in their mind the veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament they read Isaiah chapter 7 behold the virgin give birth to a child and they call his name Emmanuel and they don't believe in Christ until now the Jews they read Psalm 22 which is prophecy about crucifixion but because of the veil they don't understand they read Isaiah 53 because of the veil they don't understand all these clear prophecies many people ask how the Jews until now they don't believe how that is the answer because the veil in their mind they are blinded because the veil only removed how the veil is taken away in Christ when you believe in Christ this veil is removed completely but if you reject Christ my mind will be blind but even unfortunately to this day when Moses is read when the old covenant is read the old testament a veil lies on their heart on their mind and their heart because the veil is removed only taken away only in Christ but Because the Holy Spirit work in them. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit work in them to make them believe in Christ. But they reject even the work of the Holy Spirit. When God, the Holy Spirit moves their heart and pierces their heart, that's the minister of the Spirit, to believe in Christ, they resist. That's what St. Stephen told them. Until now you resisted the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When they return to the Lord, the veil is removed, is taken away. What about the ministry of the new covenant? Now the Lord is the Spirit. 
هنا is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Because the Spirit of the Lord work in me to make me believe in Christ. And when I believe in Christ, I become righteous. Then I will be liberated from sin, from the sentence of death, from condemnation. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When one turns to the Lord, and when he said in verse 16, turn to the Lord, he's speaking here not about the Son, but about the Holy Spirit. That's why in verse 17 he said, the Lord is the Spirit. In, in, in this verse, the Lord is the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes me believe in Christ. And when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. See by the, the New Testament, the New Covenant. They are veiled. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So now we behold the glory of the Lord. It's ministry of letter versus ministry of spirit. Ministry of death versus ministry of life. Ministry of condemnation versus ministry of uh, righteousness. Ministry of passing away glory, ministry of exceeding glory. Ministry that's passing away, ministry that's eternal. Ministry that is veiled, ministry that is not veiled. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. We don't see him face to face. But now we see the glory, yes, as in the mirror. And because we see the glory of God, just beholding his glory will have an effect on us. What's this effect? Are being transformed into this image from glory to glory just by the Spirit of the Lord, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When actually you look at the face of the Lord, you look at this glory. This glory, in the same way, when we are in the glory of God, we are transformed into the same image. Which image? The image of Christ. And who is working this? by the Holy Spirit and who are transformed from glory to glory. If somebody wants to take suntan and went to the beach and just stayed three, four, five minutes and left, do you think he will have suntan? He has to stay some time. Many people say, why our prayers are longer prayers? That is the reason. Because when we, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same manner. People who spend more time in prayer, they are transformed quickly than people who don't pray. The more you are looking with unveiled face to the glory of God, the more you are transformed from Glory to glory. عشان كده the Bible tells us pray without ceasing. Why? Because the more we are in prayer, the more we are in the presence of the Lord, 
the more we are in the sun of righteousness, then we'll be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And who's doing this? By the Spirit of the Lord. So we need to understand the beauty of our ministry. God who, who made us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant. It's a ministry of spirit, ministry of life, ministry of glory, exceeding glory, ministry that's eternal, ministry of righteousness, ministry of unveiled face, we, 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 and ministry of transformation. So we are transforming every day into glory to glory to that image. As I said in the beginning, understanding our ministry at least will make us two, two things actually. Number one, we will feel humbled that God make us sufficient to be ministers of the new covenant, although we are not worthy. Because our sufficiency is not from ourselves. And the second point, as St. Paul said, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, will be motivated, will be zealous to proclaim the good news of the ministry of the new covenant. Glory be to God forever and ever.